The Fruit of the Spirit, Part 5, Kindness, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. The word kindness in the original language is interesting. It's the Greek word Christotes, and it's used about ten times in the New Testament. And what makes it interesting is that every verse where the word is used, there's some reference to God directly or indirectly. When using your Bible study tools to find out more about the ancient words, you'll find Christates has several definitions, all similar but different ways of using the word. For example, in Galatians 5.22, in some Bible translations, the word kindness is actually gentleness. Well, being kind and gentle are two different things, so which one's correct? And using the Bible tools, such as Bible dictionaries, you find words defining this word Christotes as integrity, moral goodness, kindness, usefulness. That's kind of an interesting way of looking at it. All of these define that word. So what does it really mean? Well, when I'm trying to figure out the best meaning of a word used in Scripture, I look at other places in the Bible where that word is used. And I read those verses, and sometimes it brings to light more information and makes it a little more clear. So looking at the basically 10 places in the New Testament where this word is used, going through those, it enlightened me on some things that were pretty interesting. For example, in Romans chapter 2, verse 3. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things, and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of His kindness, Christotes, His, God's kindness, and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness, Christotes, again, is meant to lead you to repentance. So when we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit, again, we're looking at those attributes of God that manifest themselves within the believer by the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't conjure up kindness. I can't just be more kind. Okay, today I'm going to practice being kind. That's not how it works. What we need to do is say, today, Lord, you run the show, and you empower me to do your will, and then those opportunities come up, and you're like, okay, I need to be kind to this person, and so you offer up that kindness from the Holy Spirit. It's not our own kindness. It's God's kindness. And looking at those definitions, it's his integrity, it's his moral goodness, it's his usefulness. It's an attribute of God. It's beautiful. And again, we don't develop the fruit of the Spirit. It is God's presence in us. It's the fruit. It's what naturally is being produced because the Holy Spirit is in us. So if I'm not a kind person, then God's presence in me will steer me toward kindness. And His holiness in me will compel me to be more kind. It's not me. It's the Spirit. But it's so important to be in touch with God, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, understand what that means, and pursue that daily. We simply yield to Him, and He brings about that fruit in our lives. Romans 11.22, note then the kindness and the severity of God, severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness, otherwise you too will be cut off. So this verse is all about God's kindness towards his servants who continue in his kindness. They're the ones that are actually pursuing him against God's Christotes, his kindness, it's not ours. 2 Corinthians 6, chapter 4, But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness, 
for the right hand and for the left. As servants of God, we can take from this passage that we possess kindness by the Holy Spirit, the power of God. Without the Spirit, God's kindness doesn't work in us. It's only by the supernatural power of God that God's kindness works through us. And when you see this list of things that the writer of 2 Corinthians, Paul, what he endured, the afflictions, the hardship, the calamities, the beatings, the imprisonments, like, oh my gosh, man, how did you deal with that? And the way he dealt with it was by purity, by knowledge, by patience, by kindness. And then it says the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is doing all the work in genuine love by truthful speech and the power of God. So through the Holy Spirit and the power of God. Now, some people are naturally nice people. They show kindness naturally, and I wish there were more people like that in the world. But for those of us that are not really geared towards natural kindness, God makes a way for us to genuinely exhibit kindness. He does the work. Again, that empowering of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2, 4, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So again, that word kindness, Christotes, it's used of God. And this time, it's not his kindness flowing through us. Rather, it's for our benefit. He is being kind to us. And we often overlook things about God. And one of them is how he has continually showed his kindness to us, even when we don't realize it. So as God demonstrates his kindness towards us, he provides us an example of how we are to treat others. So if he loves us, he's kind to us, he's gracious to us, he's merciful to us, then that's how we need to be to others. Colossians 3.12, put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. You know, as a believer, I read these passages, and man, sometimes I really feel guilty, because it seems to be so simple, yet it's difficult for us to do. You know, hey, just be like this, and you'll glorify God. Okay, no problem. I'll put off the unholy and put on the holy. Yeah, how long does that last? But hammering home the point that we cannot live apart from the Spirit, we have to look at this and realize it's God only. It's not me. I need to be on my face before God. In Romans 8, 8, it says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And we either live in the flesh, which is our natural human state, or we live in the Spirit. And that means we're yielding to God and He's running the show. And when we obey God and allow His Holy Spirit to run the show, Putting off the old becomes not only easier, but more desirable. We want to do these things. We want to please God. When we're in the flesh, all we want to do is please ourselves. But when we're in the Spirit, we want to please God. Titus 3.1, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. Man, is that not a great definition of the flesh? Let me read that last verse, Titus 3, verse 3, and let this resonate in your mind. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. What a great description of our lives before Christ. 
many of us. But what happened? He delivered us. Why? Because he's good. His kindness was poured out upon us. And he continues in Titus 3.3, But when the goodness and loving kindness, the Christotes, there's your kindness, of God, our Savior, appeared. Again, this is God's kindness. He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. So he saved us because he's kind. He loves us. And there's nothing that we could do. We can't bring our righteousness before him. Like Isaiah says, our righteousness before God is his filthy rags. And do a study on that and you find out what filthy rags are. It's pretty disgusting. That's what our righteousness is in God's eyes apart from him. Yep, and it's bad. So we can't do anything by our own righteousness, but it's his kindness. He's always looking out for us. And in the same way, the fruit of the Spirit, we always are looking out for others. That's God working through us. We are looking for opportunities to show kindness. Like David said, who in the house of Jonathan is left that I may show kindness to? He had made a covenant with this guy, Jonathan. And Jonathan was killed in battle, and David honored that covenant, and he wanted to honor it by showing kindness to the descendants of Jonathan. Continuing on in verse 6, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of of eternal life. And there we go. End game is eternal life. What more powerful act of kindness is there than God laying down his mercy and saying, hey, would you like to dwell with me and my kindness for eternity? Do we deserve it? No. That's why his mercy is necessary, because we don't deserve it. Standing before a perfectly holy and righteous God, we don't do well. God owes us judgment, but instead he overlooks our stupidity and rebellion, granting to us something none of us can even fathom, salvation. So, Christotes, kindness, used only in a few verses, and understanding the word a little better hopefully will convince us to receive God's kindness, because he's pouring it out on us, that we, as servants of God, may access that power needed to show God's kindness in this dark world, and thus pleasing God. Thank you.